anything good. I like my school. I like anything. I like my dad. I like my cousins. I like my aunts. I like my Allisons. I like my mom. I like my sisters. I like my dad. I like my hair. I like my hair. I like my haircuts. I like my pajamas. I like my stuff. I like my rooms. I like my whole house. My whole house is great. I can do anything good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can do anything good. Better than anyone. Better than anyone. Now, wouldn't it be amazing to wake up like Jessica did every single morning? Hi everyone, my name is Haley Shepherds and I'm the pastoral intern here at Kairos. And whether you woke up this morning feeling great like Jessica, thankful for everything that's going on, or you woke up the complete opposite, that's okay. We want to welcome you to Kairos and welcome you to worship with us online. I'm so excited for this series that we're in. It's called Asking for a Friend. We asked you the questions that you had that maybe were uncomfortable. Maybe you wanted to ask on behalf of a friend because then we don't get judged then we get to remain anonymous, and then we feel safer. So these are the questions that you've been longing to hear. And I'm really excited about the message tonight because it's actually a question that I have asked myself for 10 years. And I'm gonna be honest, I still don't have all the answers. God's slowly revealing to me the truth of this question, and I'm excited to share with you today what I've learned. The question we're asking in this series, asking for a friend, is who gets to preach? The fact that I'm standing here with you today tells you a little bit about what I've learned. But first, I want to dive into what is preaching. From our Bible reading this week from Romans 10, we learned that preaching is from the Greek word keroso. It's the Greek translation for preaching that means to herald, to cry out, to proclaim, to declare, and to publish. That's what preaching is. And whether Jessica knew it or not in that video, she was preaching. She preached in front of 14 million people who saw that YouTube video. Her dad recorded it, and she recorded all of the wonderful things that she said about her aunts and that she wanted to be a shark um, and all of these incredible things. But what's crazy is she actually preached. A four-year-old, Jessica, is in front of the mirror, and she says something so profound that it caught me off guard. Jessica actually preached the gospel. She said in that, in that video there, I can do anything good. And that's God's truth for us. No one else says that we can do anything good. Usually it's the opposite. We get stuck in thinking about all the bad things in our lives. But Jessica also said, uh, we can do anything better than anyone else. And let's step away from that and really just focus on, I can do anything good. Because that's the truth that we're talking about today with who gets to preach. God tells us in the book of Genesis about creation, that he created humanity for good. We didn't do anything to deserve being created. It was simply out of love from a creator to creation. So what makes us worthy of this goodness? God himself. Now today we know that life looks a little bit different. There are some things that aren't so good, but there's this promise that Christ's work on the cross, his life, death, and resurrection brought us back to this goodness. So when I ask different students that are in college or that are in high school, what's the biggest reason you do feel uncomfortable or don't feel good enough to share your story? And it's always, I just don't feel good enough. I don't know what to say. 
I don't know if I'm wise enough, if God only knew the things that I've done or the people that I wanted to speak to knew the things that I've done. I'd be such a hypocrite. But no, that's the exact opposite of the truth. But we sometimes stand in front of the mirror like Jessica did. We start to, start to spew off things that aren't necessarily good, that aren't necessarily true about ourselves, but we believe them. We go from this childlike faith where we're just joyous and full of hope to experiencing the real world where there's pain, there's hurt, there's sorrow, there's grieving. And so some days we wake up and we look in the mirror and the things we say to ourselves and the things that we believe aren't so good. But is what you're saying to yourself in that mirror, is it true? Who are you listening to for your source? Is it reliable? The Christian faith, God tells us that God's truth for you is the only truth. It's the source of every good thing in our life. God created us not only out of good, but created us to do good things. We learn in Ephesians, for we are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Because we're brought into this new goodness, we can look at the mirror and do exactly what Jessica said. I can do anything good. We get to preach, we get to proclaim, and we get to declare where that goodness comes from, our source of life, our source of forgiveness, and our source of goodness that's poured out for us. Now, instead of telling you personal stories about how I came to that conclusion, I wanna point you to people in the Bible who are preachers, who share their story of how they came to know this goodness. The first one is Mary Magdalene. Now, Mary was a loyal follower of Jesus Christ, and she knew God's goodness so well. She experienced it, she witnessed it, and she preached it. Now, if we look at her story, uh, maybe you've heard about the Da Vinci Code or if you've seen the Da Vinci Code, that's not truth about Mary. I wanna go to scripture and hear what we've learned about Mary and her story. When Jesus came to meet Mary, she was actually possessed by demons. Not just one, but seven demons. Mary knew evil and despair well. Goodness was not something she knew before she met Christ. And Jesus Christ came and freed her from seven demons. There's no darkness that Christ's light can't shine into. There's no sin that Christ can't forgive. Christ saves. Now Mary became a follower of Jesus Christ in this story. And she testified to what God had done in her life. And she believed and adopted Christ's teaching. She accepted this new life of freedom. She looked in the mirror and didn't see the evil or the possession that she had. She saw herself as what God created her to be, good. But Mary had physical demons. I wanna ask you today, what are your demons that you're facing? They might not be physical. They could be mental, emotional, um, things that you're struggling with, things that you're up against that no one else knows. What are those things? Sometimes it's the demons in our life that try to silence us from realizing the goodness that God wants to give to us in our lives and the truth that Christ offers to let us enter our hearts and this goodness that he craves to pour out to us. But it's the sin and the evil in our lives, the things that we think we should be doing, the things that we're not doing enough that silence us from speaking out to this good truth. So we are created to be good. We also get to put good out into the world because Christ calls us to do that, to fulfill the good things that Christ calls us to do. But first, we always think that we need to get right with God. 
I know many of you have either probably said this, I know I've said this in my faith journey, that we oftentimes when we look at the mirror and we need to get right with God, we think, oh, I can't do the right things. I, I doubt my ability. I'm the wrong person for the job. I feel bad for all the ways I have sinned against God and I'm not right with God. I feel lost. These are the things that we tell ourselves. We say that we're not good enough to preach. But through faith in verse 9 in our Bible reading, it says when you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you will be saved. And in this saving grace that's offered to us, we are now right with God. We're not wrong. Our doubts, we can take them to God. We're no longer lost, we're found, and our bad is met with good. So instead of looking in a mirror and going to yourself for the truth, go to God. Instead of this mirror, we now have Jesus Christ who steps in front of the mirror and tells us who we are. It's in Christ and in the word of God that we find our true identity and we get to celebrate that. It's this good news that Christ saves and makes us right with God. We learn this in Romans chapter 10, verses 6 through 8. But this face way of getting right with God says, do not say in your heart who will, be, who will go up to heaven and bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It's on your lips and it's on your heart. And that is the very message about faith that we preach. It's not about us. We're the right person for the job because Christ says so. And we can do the great things he planned for us because of the love and the goodness pour out for us. Let that truth sink in. Your demons, the things you're facing, are expelled in the presence of Christ. You are no longer silenced. You are the good. You are the right person for the job. Your doubt cannot silence you, and you have been saved, and we get to celebrate that. It also says to keep this message close to you. Let Christ stand before you, go before you, so you can follow in that same way. The one who God calls good are the ones who are right with God. And that's you and me. But there's something else. In our goodness that we receive through Christ, we are declared good. We can look at the mirror. We see that we are good. All the wrong, the doubt, the right, the bad, the lost. Now we just get the good. And now that we get to claim that identity, that God calls us to do good, we also see this new word, go. Where is God calling you to go? Do you feel free to go? To preach? Do you trust Christ? Do you trust this truth? We are saved because of the gospel. The same people that are saved because of Christ are the same people that are sent. Shame silences us, us, but when you preach, it removes all of that. You get to proclaim truth out into the world, and you get to live that truth. You get to have it close to you. And I want to tell you about another story of another preacher in Scripture, one who experienced this shame, who didn't feel qualified to go or to receive God's love. And maybe that's what you're experiencing right now, the silence of shame, of not knowing what to say, what to do. But everyone has their story. And I want to share with you the story of Mary of Bethany. 
Now Mary was a very common name, so we had Mary Magdalene, and now we have Mary of Bethany. And I want you to see her actions. Preaching isn't just with your words, but we often say actions speak a thousand words, and I think in this case it's true. I think Jesus Christ even taught us that. His actions spoke, sometimes even louder than the words he said. But preaching isn't always about this lofty speech or the person on the corner screaming at you. No, it's the true actions often that we speak louder. And so Jesus was in this town ministering uh, to a town around Galilee, the town of Bethany where Mary's from. And Simon, a religious leader, asked Jesus to come and to stay with him. He agreed and Jesus came. Mary of Bethany was known in the town as an immoral woman from that city. She heard Jesus was eating there, and she decided to shoot her shot. So she filled her jar full of perfume and came to Jesus. Instead of going in front of him, she actually knelt behind him. And she began to wash his feet with his perfumes. And as she cried at the feet of Christ, she wiped them away with her hair. Now Simon, the religious leader, thought to himself, Jesus should know who this is. This is an immoral woman. What in the world is he doing with her? Jesus pulled the ultimate move by answering Simon's thoughts. He didn't even have to say it out loud. He said, Simon, I have something to say to you. I tell you her sins, they are many, but they have been fully forgiven. She has shown me much love, but a person who forgives only a little only shows a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go. But go in peace. What's interesting about the go in peace is we know from scripture that Christ is peace. So he's saying, Mary of Bethany, go. I'm with you. I'm your peace. Your sins are forgiven. And Jesus offers this love to her. You are made complete in the fullness of me. You get this new life and with it comes power. I'm gonna be with you the whole way because I'm your peace. Mary of Bethany put herself in a very vulnerable situation. She came to Christ knowing and trusting that Christ would accept her. That trust, isn't that faith? To trust so boldly, shame has no longer any hold on you, no chain on you, you are free. And we get that humbly at the foot of the cross. Jesus frees us from those things, and sometimes our biggest enemy is ourselves. When we look at ourselves in the mirror, we have this doubt, our, our own thoughts, our own ego, our money, our status. We think all these things are going to bring us peace. But no, we cover up the mirror, and Christ stands in front of that mirror. He says, look at me. Focus your attention on me. He sent her away and said, go, you're, you're free. Mary of Bethany soon returned to that sitting position um, further along in Jesus' ministry. The next time we see Mary of Bethany um, in this book of Luke, we see that she's sitting at the feet of Jesus in her own home. And she's learning from the disciples, with the disciples. And Jesus Christ is teaching. Now, that wasn't a position for any woman of her day to sit at the feet of Jesus and to learn. But no, Christ said, you get to sit. This is your place. Learning so that you can go and share my good news with other people. 
And so the same people that are saved, like Mary of Bethany, like you and me, are the same people that are sent. Mary was one of them, and you are one of them. Go and preach. I'm with you, Jesus says. Paul tells us in our last verse from this Bible reading, and how can they hear about the, him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Oftentimes, we don't think we're the ones that are supposed to be sent because we're unqualified. It's easy to think, oh, not me, God. It can't possibly be me. My sins run deep. I'm not the person for the job. God looks at our sin. God looks at our hurt and our shame, and he walks right up to us and says, I'm your reflection. Reflect me. Now we're back to the mirror again, and now we have the opportunity to go, and Christ is with us. Who are you going to stand in front of? If someone's telling themselves that they're not equipped, they're not worthy, they're not good, they're not right with God, we have the opportunity as those who are saved to be the ones now that are sent and are standing in front of our family, our friends, our loved ones, our neighbors, our strangers. And we get to tell them God loves you, God sees you, He hears you, He's with you. And I'm here to simply remind you that you are adored. You're cherished, you're revered, you're cared for, you're protected, you're embraced, and you are loved. God knows that no matter what you have done, you are joined to Christ. And God works in you and through you no matter how unqualified you feel. You are commissioned to share the message free of shame and full of love. Our feet march up to all the mirrors in the world because God's power moves us to walk. Lives are changed because of God's power working in and through every single one of you who get to preach that good news. That, is, that good news that brought you life is the same news we get to share. We preach not because we're sinless, because we're qualified, because we're a certain race, because we're a certain gender, because we're a certain demographic, socioeconomic status. No, we preach because God's power enables others to hear. Christ's sacrifice on the cross, that's news worth sharing. How has that news changed you? We needed to go because we are the ones that are saved, because we are the ones that are sent. But we're sent on a mission not for the benefit of our own. We get to receive this selfless gift. Christ died completely selfless and sinless. And we get to share that. We don't get to hold on to that. It's too good not to share what's been done for you, the life you live now, the healing, the forgiveness that you've received. So we learn in 1 Corinthians, yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. If I'm compelled by God to do it, how terrible of me if I didn't preach the good news. Preaching isn't inward focused, it's outward focused. We think about an ambassador of God's word we can think about ambassadors of the United Nations. They actually arrive on the scene and are representatives of different nations. That's the same way we are with Christ. We are physical representations of Christ's love in the world. How does your life look different? We're not required to enlist in service. Instead, Christ's love for us, it urges us. It tugs on our hearts because Christ is made known through our work, made good through Christ. 
It's this faithful service as disciples. You are a disciple. You are an ambassador. You are a servant. And preaching isn't about just proclaiming that Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. No, we get to boast in that because it has everything to do with Christ and nothing to do with our ability. We have the opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn God's truth and God's purpose for our lives and bring this message of peace to the world, this hope that is desperately needed. How terrible would it be if we didn't share the news? But God entrusts us with this message. He trusts you. It's a responsibility of all believers to carry this. It's through our, not only through our words, but through our actions as well. Paul doesn't say that we need to speak for God. Rather, God's word speaks through us. We learn that we are Christ's ambassadors. And he actually speaks through us. Christ's saving work for sinners opens a way for believers to come back to God. That's what this scripture is about. Oftentimes we look at God and we say, I don't want to sign up as a soldier. We're not here to be screaming at people, saying, come back to God. No, we're called to be scouts. We're not called to be soldiers. We're called to be scouts. Scouts are these explorers. They are able to take maps and these different tools and then explore and go find people and make new paths. And so I have this picture of actually my cousin um, who's an Eagle Scout. Uh, his name's Michael, and he has thrown me in the lake at our grandparents' house too many times, so I picked the best picture of him to put here. Um, but I just like to give him um, a little flack for that because he's just adorable. But he's all grown now. He's at the University of Chicago, and he's actually a pilot, which is really incredible. But he was an Eagle Scout. And so his role and his job, he told me that when, in the Scouts that you're always supposed to be prepared. So as Scouts, how can we be prepared to share the good news? By learning and growing in our knowledge of Christ. Hear me out. We do not have to be experts. But I think he nailed it when he said we need to be prepared for who God may lead us into our lives, who we may need to reach out to, who maybe needs help. The second thing he told me with being a scout was that he gave it up to all to God. He's been saved numerous of times trusting in God and God's call for help. So it's not our purpose to win the hearts of people. No, the Holy Spirit comes and moves, drawing people to the cross we are just bearers of God's news, bearers of the cross. And we get to proclaim that out. We get to share that. It's God's mercy for us. Mercy is a word uh, that tells us how God leads. It also describes the way God feels towards us and extends towards us. Mercy actually means loving kindness. God gives us mercy. The word kin from kindness literally means family. You're treating someone like family. God brings us into our family. We are not brought into faith to be soldiers. No, we are baptized into the family of God. Now we are all scouts searching to find and lead others to this new destination. That's why God calls us lights for the world. Lights shine brightly in darkness. The farther and farther away you get from the cross, the darker and darker it gets but it's a good thing we're walking to the cross because we get to meet people that are walking away. Do you know someone that's struggling in this pandemic? Someone who's really hurt by the injustice in this world? Someone who's grieving? 
It's a lot easier to find your way in the dark when you have someone next to you with a flashlight. We don't bring the light, but we are carriers of that light. And we can tell people what that light has done for us, how it has led us in the direction of a more abundant life, a deeper truth in Christ's way for us. We are witnesses to the work of Christ in the same way that Mary and Mary also became disciples and also testified to the work that Christ had done in their lives. And so, yeah, you are sent because you are saved. And a testimony is a word that we oftentimes misuse. We think it's a story about the worst thing that's happened to us and how God got us through that. Through that. But a testimony is more than that. It's daily. Our testimony is the daily work of God in our lives. When was the last time you thought about the work God has done for you today? The truth God has spoken into you today and the truth that you get to reveal today. It's active. The way this truth, this life that Jesus Christ offers, we learn in Psalm 96 verses two through three, we get to sing to the Lord. We get to praise his name. We get to publish his glorious deeds among the nations and tell everyone the amazing things he has done. But is the mirror stopping you? Are the things in your life that are hard, the demons that you're facing, is that stopping you? Is it the doubt? Do you feel like you're right with God? You are. You are because of Christ. Following Jesus, sharing the love of God and serving our neighbor reminds us of where that source comes from. And so in our final verse of our reading today, it comes from Romans 10. And this is what Jesus Christ is stepping in front of the mirror and saying to you. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Who gets to preach? All believers. You are the messenger that gets to bring the good news. That Jesus Christ offers love and peace. But who gets to lead a church? Be a pastor? Be a minister? In a Christian community? Well, that's determined by how each church interprets scripture. And sometimes it's taken in different contexts um, and spoken about in different ways. But here at Hope and here at Kairos, it's women and men. And the first time I expressed um, my, this desire to follow God and to preach in this way, you don't always have to be a minister or a pastor to preach, uh, but I felt strongly 10 years ago that this was the direction that I was supposed to go. And so I, I sought out ministry leaders in my congregation. It wasn't this one. Um, but I was told that I was unqualified because of my womanhood. That my place teaching and proclaiming the good news was only to women and children. I have no right, it's unholy for me to speak to the minds of men. And I believed that. I was looking into the mirror. I called myself unqualified. I told myself I was not right with God and that there was not good in me. I was not good enough to preach the good news. And so over time, because of my gender and all these questions, I had to fight it. I just never felt right. The women weren't supposed to preach. So I shared the story of Mary Magdalene and Mary, and Mary from Bethany. 
because they're important, because they're often minimized. And your story is important. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And who was waiting at the tomb? Women. Who was sitting at the foot of the cross when he died? Women. And who were first to preach the good news? that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and now offers everlasting life because he destroyed evil and death. That good news of the resurrection was first preached by Mary Magdalene and in other gospel accounts, a group of women. Mary, the once one they called the alone one, who was possessed by demons, is now called an apostle to the apostles. Jesus saved and sent women. Jesus saved and sent men. Jesus sent and saved people who rejected him at the cross, who left town because they lost hope, who doubted him, who were ashamed of what they had done. Jesus Christ showed up after the resurrection to every single one of them, and he gave them a commission to make disciples of all nations, to share what Christ had done, what they had witnessed. These stories just happen to be women, but who gets to preach? You do, because God says so. You are the one who is saved, and so you are the one who is sent. This gospel, this good news of Jesus Christ is active. It's got power because Christ sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's with you, God is with you. And this message is carried through that power. You don't have to rely on everything on your own. No, Jesus is our peace. Jesus is with us. And so it's this message that we preach by faith and in service. But most of all, we get to preach in the simplest acts of love because we are loved first. Isn't that what the gospel message is all about? Love? So let's stand up today and proclaim this truth. Let's preach that God saves and we are, as his people are sent to the world to share the good news that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. Amen.